You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Thanks for tuning in to today's podcast. Please remember that all of the information in this podcast episode is limited to general information only. That means the information is not specific to you, your needs, goals, or objectives. So you should seek the advice of a licensed and trusted financial professional before acting on the information. And before you acquire or apply for a financial product, please read the PDS or product disclosure statement, which should be available on the issuer's website. Lastly, please keep in mind that past performance is not indicative of future performance. In this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast, Kate and I are talking about all of the changes that have come about as a result of COVID to people's personal financial strategy, including our own. We also talk about and answer the question of whether or not it's still worth creating financial plans given everything that we've just been through. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. Kate, welcome to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. It's good to be back and we're recording our very first live episode, yes, so no are. Zoom this week. Yeah, so the audio will be clear, we hope. We hope, yep. So we did have a few mishaps. Yeah, we haven't actually seen each other in person since February. We've, uh, yeah, it's just been, been Zoom since Been then. very careful and doing it all remotely. Yeah, yeah, no, it um, it's definitely kind of opening up down here a bit, right? Mm. I definitely definitely prefer the face-to-face. It's yeah. a bit hard talking to a screen all the time. I feel a little bit like an idiot sometimes, but uh, hopefully we can uh, do some more face-to-face moving forwards. Yeah, we're just talking about events and all different types of ideas and yeah. kind of percolating upstairs. <laughs> um, but what are we talking about in this episode? Well, today I thought we'd just sort of have a bit of a reflection episode on some of the ways that COVID-19 has actually changed our financial approach personally mm-hmm. um, and whether it's still worth making financial plans. I've seen a, a bit going around at the moment where people are just like, well, it's just hopeless. There's no point making a plan. Like once JobKeeper ends, I'm just going to be in the wind and I'm not going to know what to do and it's just there's no point making financial plans. So I thought we could have a little bit of a discussion about that as well. Yeah, cool. There's a lot of uncertainty about that, right? Mm. We're seeing it in the news. Um, more and more 
JobKeeper is meant to end in September, yeah. which is a big thing. And then there's the coronavirus supplement for job seekers. So it's it's all a bit um, up in the air at the moment. Uh, I think you framed it really well with these the, the talking points for today's episode, um, kind of like what has changed your mm. mind. I thought that was a really – because I was reading through the notes just over lunch before. I was having a chia pudding, by the way. It was delicious. Um, and I was looking at uh, your notes here and, and I thought that's a really good way to frame it because it's not until you get into a situation like this mm. where it's like World War Z or yeah. like the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Holy crap, this stuff can actually happen. Like yeah. bad things happen, right? And then you're forced to make decisions under pressure and there's a lot of stress. that You actually realize that, you know um, – that is why all those people told me to prepare for this and <laughs> all this type of thing. But even then, even if you do prepare, sometimes you're not you don't mm. you're not as prepared as what you think. So, yeah. What are some of the things that have changed your you've said financial mindset? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is as someone in their twenties, it's the first time I've really experienced a period of uncertainty in my life. Mm. I've been living with my parents during primary and high school. Never had to think about. Um, financial worries or even in the 0809 financial crash like that didn't I never yeah. even knew that was happening whatever happened I was not exposed to it and I was shielded to it and I think most young people were probably shielded from yeah. it um, unless maybe their parents lost jobs directly which wasn't so much of a thing in Australia no. as it was in the US um, so it's been really interesting living through this period of uncertainty and seeing how I actually personally react because We've talked a big game about long-term risk profiles and long-term investing mindset and actually living through February, March, April and seeing my investments just go on this roller coaster ride. It's been really interesting to see how I personally react and thought about that and whether I was able to hold on. Um, Were you? Yes, yes, yeah, thankfully. Well, and I, well I didn't touch my super, which sadly I think some people did and yep. left it in cash through the whole... <laughs> rally yeah yeah missed everything yeah. Mm, and i think that's yeah it's really sort of demonstrated the importance of being flexible and the last few months we've had to be really flexible with plans with anything that we want to do jobs have changed suddenly like careers have completely pivoted in directions because some jobs have disappeared probably forever and there's other areas where jobs are just opening like crazy um so that's yeah probably the flexibility and really incorporating that into my life to be flexible with anything that comes with my way, whether it's in my career or my finances or other life challenges. Mm. How would you be more flexible with your finances? I think I was in quite a lucky position because I had planned to go traveling, yeah. that I had an emergency fund plus some uh, all put aside in cash. And that's really, I think, the most important thing I've taken out of this is having that emergency fund there. And we, we talked about it a lot mm. during 2019, and luckily I listened to my own advice and made sure <laughs> I had an emergency fund. Uh, but I think the people with emergency funds have been much more sort of comfortable throughout this time. Even if you have had to use your emergency fund, you haven't had to rely or resort straight to credit cards or personal loans to get through this time, especially if you have lost a job. Um, so that's it's been really interesting because we've had a few messages from people who had put together an emergency fund after listening to the podcast last year, and that actually helped them get through this time, which I thought was mm. it was nice to, <laughs> nice to see that. Yeah, we we did have a few emails come in from people and who were saying things like, 
you know, they saved up six months of six months of living mm-hmm. expenses. They hadn't started investing, but luckily, they did save that amount of money and yeah. hadn't started investing because they just lost their job, mm. which is tragic. But at the same time, they're pretty well prepared. Yeah. Um, how about you said being flexible with your career? I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I, I think for me because I had a lot of changes this year, and I, as mentioned in a previous episode, I was made redundant, which is something I never thought would actually happen to me. I mean, I'm so young. Like I thought that was something that just happens to older people (laughs) or in the movies. So that was an interesting experience working through all that and sort of looking towards where am I going to go next? And a a lot of the jobs, maybe there's more contract work now or more part-time work or more flexible working arrangements. So Mm. I think that's, it's, I guess, being more open to different opportunities. Your new next job might not come in the same form as your last job. Um, I think workplaces, maybe they're not going to want to get as many full-time employees on their books and maybe they're going to focus more on contractors to do certain projects moving Mm. forwards and and maybe there's going to be more use of the gig economy going forwards. So I think it's just in my mind, being more flexible with the way I work in the future and the work I take on. Yeah, right. It's interesting that you say that because I, I mentioned it recently, um, how much it costs to have an employee. Mm. Like, you know, you know, because I talk about my business to you. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it costs a lot of money for businesses. Yeah. And people are now realizing that because of JobKeeper. They realize that if with, without that, businesses wouldn't be able to pay PAYG, mm. right? And, I, you know, I see it from both sides of the fence now because <laughs> having been an employee now being an employer, yeah. it's it's scary, to like be honest. Employees can be a massive liability. You've got oh, yeah. these people that you have to pay every month. That bill is going to come around. Yeah, and they've got more rights than, say, a piece of office equipment which you could sell on Gumtree. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> like, <fair enough. laughs> you can't sell your employee off no, on Gumtree. No, you can't. But, yeah, it, it is. And I think that is going to force a lot of people, particularly as we become, become more globalised and mm. a lot of jobs can be um, offshored a lot easier that there are certain even people in certain professions so they've gone to uni maybe gone done one or two degrees you know people that would 20 years ago think you know i've got a career for life yeah they are probably people that are at risk too so it's kind of like no risk for anyone Mm. and um i think you're right like you talk about lifelong learning putting aside time to study to learn to read to do whatever to pick up a hobby that could somehow lead to something or start a side hustle these are all ways to diversify right i don't think that's something we've both done in the last few months we've done a lot of learning um, for various projects but also just to further our own knowledge in different areas and that's i think it's really important to get that mindset that you always need to be learning the learning doesn't stop when you leave school or leave university and technology is advancing faster than ever so you need to keep pushing yourself to learn new skills because otherwise you might just get stuck in a role that in five years disappears for good. Yeah. The good thing about, so there's something that I heard on Triple J this morning is that the good thing about young people being unemployed is that they still have time to learn and to develop new skills. Mm. A lot of older people, um, and fair enough, they, they don't have that approach because they probably don't need it as yeah. much. They've got kids, they've got a family, they've been in a career for 20 years, whatever. Uh, so it's probably, you know, depending on how you feel and what, what your goals are or your ambitions are, it's probably more the word, that probably dictates how you approach that lifelong mm. learning. Because if you're, say, 40 uh, or 50 and um, you've got a good career, 
you don't really want to switch careers. You know, it's kind of like a pretty cushy job. Mm. Maybe it's okay not to be reading for an hour <laughs> and a half a day or doing an online course or yeah. going back to uni. Um, but definitely if you're young, you can expect to change careers probably two or three times. Mm. Yeah, I saw a thread going around in uh, Twitter recently of how many, how old you were, so just people in their 20s posting, and then how many jobs you've had mm. um, in your lifetime. And it's just it's crazy, all these 20-year-olds of hosting, like they've had five to ten jobs already in mm. the last sort of five to ten years of their life. So it's just amazing how quickly that we are changing jobs and mm. we need the skills to be able to keep moving and moving in your own organisation so not getting sort of stuck at one point because you're not able to adapt. Yeah. I think um, <clears throat> when you invest in yourself, I think it's one thing that you don't notice the benefits of until you mm. are well away from having to do it. So, yeah. for example, what's the saying? Um, we overestimate what we can achieve in one year, but we underestimate what we can achieve in five. Mm. And I think a lot of people, when it comes to lifelong learning, we say lifelong, but it probably takes three, four, five years to really feel the benefit of that. Like you've got a degree now, right? Yeah. And that took you quite a few years. <laughs> uh, you, you, but now... You, you you are more employable, mm. right? But when you started that journey, it felt like an uphill battle. Yeah, and you don't really notice the effects of any of these qualifications immediately for most things. Like mm. I don't feel suddenly more skilled because I have the piece of paper, but over the next five to ten years, I'll actually be able to use those skills and they'll sort of filter through into my work. Yeah. Um, I've actually finally got a frame for my certificate, so that was oh, nice. one positive that happened yesterday. I, I don't even know where mine are. Yeah, I've got, I, I've got three this, of these things that cost a lot of money. I found this small Australian <laughs> business that actually makes the frames to measure and oh, post cool. them. And so, uh, yeah. Oh, cool. Maybe really we can fancy. put a link in the show notes. There are probably some people out there like us that never got around yeah, to this. Yeah, we'll, we'll share that business because um, they're fantastic service. So I wanted to okay. find someone local rather than just going to Kmart. Oh, that's and, cool. And, uh, yeah, it was delivered all, I think, handmade and delivered in about a week. And, uh, nice. Yeah, good it looks really good. We don't know the name of this business, but we will get it <laughs> oh, to something you. Something like Aussie yeah. Frames, but I'll, I'll find oh, a link. Oh, no. It could be someone else. Um, <laughs> okay, so you've put it here in the show notes. If we bring this back to find. You've said here on the financial side that you'd probably want to save more than six months of living expenses going forward. Mm. Yeah. I think for some people that's still pretty low. Like yeah. I'm thinking people that have kids, a single income yeah. or another scenario might be where someone is one or two or five years away from retirement. Mm. I always say, you know, two, three years is probably what you're looking at. Yeah. I think for retirees that are living on a pension, they're super fun. They usually say two to three years of living expenses yeah. in cash, yeah. not in not invested in, in bonds, anything. Not in anything else. Not in cash. a mortgage fund. Yeah. Just um, straight up cash. Yeah. So I think that's probably something. I think we've thrown around three to six months a lot on the podcast yeah. and that seems to be what everyone else says. Yeah. But um, – I probably haven't thought it through that much. So I think personally now I'm going to aim for a longer, like a couple of years because yeah. I, it's sort of an extreme amount of cash to just leave on the side and not invest if you're thinking of that opportunity cost. But it also increases the sleep at night factor because I can take um, a longer-term perspective on my investing and I can invest in equities with a higher risk profile because I know – that I have a few years of living expenses in cash. Yeah. So I don't have to worry when the market goes down 30% because I know I've got the next few years covered. Do you know why we say three to six months? 
Is that the amount of time it takes to get, to get a new job? That's, so that's based on that. That's one thing. The other thing is when you say two or three years to people, oh, it's yeah. very overwhelming. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an extreme, I think, end of that yeah. goal. But I think that's... It's aspirational, I mean, but it's a good aspiration, yeah. I guess. I mean, it's, I don't have that at the moment. Yeah, yeah. But, um, me neither. <laughs> over the next yeah. few years, as I yeah. progress through my 20s, I think that's where I want to sit at to be comfortable with my financial sort of picture and my risk allocation. Yeah, and it's horses for courses, right? Like mm. you could – there's one of the things – one of the things that you could say is that um, if you're a high-risk tolerance type person, mm. I think I am, to be honest – I kind of take stock of my life at any one time and I'm like, worst case scenario, I move back with the in-laws. <laughs> Best case scenario, it pays off. <laughs> so, but that's how worst I think. Worst case, you go back to square zero. But when you're young is when you – so uh, this is for younger people. Mm. We don't mean this to be a younger person's episode. But when you're young, you have more time to recoup. Yeah. And the best people in terms of entrepreneurial ability and outcomes have failed multiple times to reach success. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it depends. If you're that type of person, <laughs> we're not saying, we're not advocating for everyone to be like, go for it, gung-ho, you yeah. know, kick down the door, get out there. Um, but some people would be more comfortable with three or six months. Mm. Other people, whether it's through their circumstances or through their risk tolerance, they need longer. Yeah. So that's completely reasonable too. Mm. Um, I might just add in some things here. Uh, which you could maybe reflect on. I don't even have had a chance to look at them, but the kind of the things that have changed my, I guess, well, what, not, not changed, but maybe reminded me of certain things. So we, we had an episode recently about trading versus investing, um, how CFDs are absolute like wealth destroyers mm. and there are some absolute morons around there who think that they can trade their way to financial freedom. Mm. And that is seriously scary. But I guess the, the recent fall in financial markets or stock markets in particular and then that coinciding with the massive uptick in people searching for how to buy stocks mm. i think that, you you showed me those yeah, yeah the google figures of yeah. just that massive spike suddenly everyone wants to know how to buy stocks absolutely and that reminded me that other people and they don't have to be one or the other they could be both they're either bargain hunters and we've trained everyone really well to be like buy when it's cheap kind of thing <laughs> like don't be afraid and then all they're just desperate yeah. So that reminded me of like the range of outcomes when things change. So mm. when, you know, whatever it is falls away or something unexpected happens, how people can go one way or the other. Yeah. I shared that video and that thing with you last night <laughs> with the guy from the US, maybe we won't name names, who's like a day trader and they gave him airtime. And he's saying like, you can trade your way to financial freedom. And if you trade stocks and you're, you're down, you should just put twice the amount of money in so you can you know get back to where you were like it's Double just down on the mistakes that's just absolute nonsense mm. and um I, I feel for those people like the people that get sucked into that but people these people do get airtime because they're the loudest person in the room absolutely yeah it's sexy to talk about um how you could how this bozo had just made 400 percent on some piece of crap mm. stock that he's picked um and and it, 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 that's a lot better than saying you know what maybe just put in you know your five percent of your wage and just yeah. do that every month yeah, no one wants to hear that you just yeah. had a like you only made a thousand dollars on your investments this year. Like that yeah. is not exciting at all. People no. want to hear about those crazy like I made a million dollars this year. Imagine imagine going onto the like a, a news show and just being like, like what, what what did you uh, what have you got for us today? Well, pretty much the same thing I had yesterday. I'm just doing nothing. So <laughs> my portfolio only me. went up one percent. <laughs> yeah. 
So that's one thing. The next thing, and this is something that we brought up ages ago about market crashes. Uh, what COVID has reminded me of is that the reason wealthy people stay wealthy and the middle income and, and lower socioeconomic people go backwards is because they fail to diversify. Mm. Most people are in a rush to buy a house on a massive amount of leverage using a loan or they buy stocks with the thought that they can get rich quick and they kind of fall over themselves with FOMO and whatever. Mm. Um, when in reality, that's complete opposite because you get moments like this when it's pretty bad, very bad for some people. Those are the moments when you should be investing more, mm. yet not the time when you feel everything's great and going really well. It's those yeah. times that you should take advantage of. And that's what the wealthy do and that's why we have a lot of inequality because mm. they just they just know that that's coming. Yeah, and the people that like in the lower sort of socioeconomic who have lost their job – Suddenly, we don't have that money to invest in the, the opportunities. So it's yeah. quite, yeah. And I think that the lesson there for me is just, again, just trying to have a plan and just stick to it. Yeah. Like, just stay within your means. You don't need to buy the big house on the street. <laughs> you don't need to take out a huge loan just because the borrowing power calculator says that that's yeah. right. Um, you just do what's right for you. Be conservative. Remember that bad times will come. <laughs> um, and I guess... The last one here for me is that what COVID has prompted me to do is to increase my focus and desire to help others innovate. So help people start businesses, new products, new ideas and take more risk. Hmm. When I say risk, I don't mean just like go and run out willy-nilly. <laughs> uh, I, I actually mean like calculated risk hmm. of people actually thinking about uh, a business or an idea or a side hustle or something like that. Like now yeah. is the time that you want to have had that preparation and done it. Yeah. six or 12 months ago and we've got to encourage people to do that because if we don't then we could end up in the same situation we are now where people have failed to diversify then and they have one source of income or yeah. something like that anyway um kate this episode is drawn <laughs> on for a bit so we want to get to the next bit which is what what is the long-term effect that COVID has had on not just ours but anyone's yeah. finances i mean i, I think this was more of a sort of speculation here because okay. it's still happening, COVID's still yeah. going. So we don't know what five to 10 years is going to look like, but um, I, I think it has changed our spending habits, especially totally. now. We've yeah. suddenly stopped buying a whole heap of things and we've started buying in a whole heap of different areas. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see what sticks and what doesn't. Mm. Like, do we go back to gyms at the same level as we did before? Or do we do more at home workouts? Mm. I mean, that was just sort of one thing. Like, do we go out to cafes as much? Yeah. Do we order in more because, or are we sick of ordering in? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when we did uh, the fire episode and the the saying is like, the people, the suckers think that going out for dinner is um, for us is a source of food. <laughs> you know, it's not. It's um, it's a source of entertainment. Yeah. So maybe people realise that you know when you go out, it's a special. It's a treat. Yeah. And you brought up like, the global financial crisis before, but if you go back even further to like recessions in Australia, mm. there's a reason that anyone over fifty in Australia cringes every time you're like, yeah, I'm just going to go out in the town and have a pretty big night. I'm going to spend mm. three or four hundred dollars. You know. The reason they cringe is because they know the value of money and they know yeah. what it's like not to have money. And I think now in 10 years when kids or grandkids say, you know, I'm just going to go out and spend all this money. Like when I was your age, you know, <laughs> like, you know, something like that. Now this yeah. is that lesson that we're being served. So I think definitely it changes 
mm. our habits. Absolutely. And also, like, being made redundant in your 20s or graduating from university into a recession or into a pandemic, that's that's got to change the way you think about your future yep. and your approach. Maybe you're more conservative, which is probably not what, as a, as a young person, you actually want to take more risk with your career, especially when you're young and make mm. those mistakes early. So, I mean, does will it make us more, more conservative with our careers? I don't know. It may do. Yeah, it, well, it may do. You know, not to get into the, is it the metaphysical? I just, I think like <laughs> our, our philosophy and the way we live our life, the way we do everything is based on experience and education. Yeah. And, um, you know, experience is what people are getting right now. Mm. And so absolutely that that shifts the way that we think it moves the goalposts around a bit yeah so you know one of the things for me is like understanding how can i make my job or skill set so sticky and so valuable to so many different people that's probably the most important thing for me as i look over the next five to ten years if it's a single income family and i'm the income like it's pressure and I want to prepare myself for that as best mm. as I can. And so like that's something that's probably brought to the fore yeah. by all of this. Yeah, and I think another thing that I'm seeing with a lot of people is that desire to become more financially secure. Mm. Like if you didn't have your emergency Definitely. fund before and you were hit sort of by losing your job during COVID, it's actually for a lot of people brought that desire to have the emergency fund sorted and become financially secure so that if they lose their job, they don't have to resort to drastic measures to sort of keep putting food on the table. So I think that's maybe a positive impact that people do want to become more financially secure and provide for their families uh, in terms of emergency fund and having a plan should something like this happen again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the short-term consequences can be quite negative Mm. insofar as, you know, we see a rise in domestic violence and financial abuse and those types of things. That's the unfortunate side of things. But if we take the glass half full approach, then it's probably a chance for people to reset Mm. their expectations around money and finances and budgets and those types of things. Yeah, and even your like materialistic desires, I've certainly found that this has really made me reassess what do I actually want to spend my money on and what's bringing me happiness in life and why am I spending in this area when it doesn't actually bring me that much joy? Mm. I think we've talked about the money dials before because yeah. I, I just love Ramit Sethi. But, um, yeah, dialing up the areas, spending in the areas of your life that bring you joy and turning down the dials in the areas that don't really bring you much joy. If you're not really enjoying going out, spend less money on going out and spend more on travel or whatever you like to spend money on. Yeah, it's sometimes you need to be outside yourself a bit to do that. Like mm. some people and I think it's been given us it. a great time to reflect on yeah. what we really want with life and what brings yeah. us joy and do we want to spend more time with family and friends. Totally. Um, you've got here changing our travel habits. Mm-hmm. Well, that, yeah. I think that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Since we're not going anywhere this year, but uh, maybe we're going to spend more time traveling domestically. Yeah. That's something that I think we're all just sort of attracted by the allure of going overseas because it's fun and exciting. And we don't really spend much time exploring our own country. And yeah. I think personally, that's something I want to do a lot more. Mm. Um, I have sure. never been to Tasmania. I want to go to oh, Tasmania. Go. It's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've never been to Darwin. Have you been there? 
No, oh, there's a lot of places. Yeah, right. So I think it's changed my mindset. I'm not Melbourne or Europe. Now I'm Melbourne or I could travel somewhere else in Australia. <laughs> you will lower the bar just a little yeah, bit. Yeah, <laughs> lower, lower my travel expectations. That The holiday, I don't That's have, good. when I take two weeks off from work, it doesn't have to be this amazing holiday. It yeah. can just be something more low-key and local and more relaxed and a slower travel vibe. Yeah, I like it. Um, more people are investing slash trading, according to ASIC. We talked about that. Yeah. A lot of people trading. Yes. A lot of people trading. I think there's like, they said there's triple the amount of people opening brokerage accounts every day since like March. Um, this, so if you want to have a have a look at our trading versus investing yeah. episode and we did link to some of the ASIC press releases because mm-hmm. they're actually worried. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're concerned. Fair, fair enough. Note to self, if someone uses investing and trading interchangeably, those two words, yeah. they are not investors. <laughs> they do not understand. Yeah. Investing is totally different to trading as we covered in that episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Opportunity to save more, less pressure on materialistic items. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We just discussed that. You'll be spending less on things that you don't need, hopefully, um, which is something we should have done anyway. It's like a cleanse. Yeah. The COVID yeah. cleanse. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I just made that up on the spot. doesn't sound great. Um, graduating into recession, question mark. So people graduating from university. Yeah. I think that's quite an interesting one because a lot of firms are either reducing their graduate positions for industries where that's really important or they're delaying it by a year or they're just taking on less people. So mm-hmm. it makes it really competitive for some industries like law where you actually kind of really need those positions and medicine. And I know someone that's um, studying in the medical industry and they've had to really change their placements a lot because that's it's not sort of easy. There's not as many staff available. So that's going to maybe delay their career or yep. push it back a few years, something. So Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Not just, yeah. not just even uni, right? Like vocational people are studying trades and that type of thing too and i think that comes back to the importance of being flexible is there any other Mm -hmm. alternative way to keep pursuing the path you want to but just in a less traditional format or are there can you propose ways to the employer or the university so you can do something um online or digitally or sort Mm. of one day on one day off i think it's just sort of Uh, everyone's it's new to everyone and so maybe you've got to propose a solution because they might not have have one or thought of one yet totally and um try and rise to the challenge right try and just do something different Mm. try and just like i said before take the risk go and meet with people speak to people just really put yourself out there um okay so a more conservative approach to investing i think that's interesting yeah yeah i think if people have been burnt and they have sort of gotten excited and started trading. And I did see people posting on online forums that during March when the market fell, they were switching their super into cash. Mm. And so suddenly their 100,000 might be 70 or 80,000. They switched it into cash and they've left it in cash. They've missed the... You have a huge rally. A huge rally. And if they forget, which most people probably will, to actually go back in their super and turn it back onto balanced or high growth or whatever they want... They might be sitting in cash for years. Yep. And that's a huge opportunity cost. Yeah, uh, so I think it's if, – if you have been burnt, maybe reflect on that and make sure that you sort of reassess and work out a plan that works for you going forward. There's nothing wrong with being a balanced investor even in your 20s. Yeah. Like you can have different goals and different targets and you don't have to be a high-growth investor just because you're young. You've got to work out what 
works for you and what allows you to sleep at night so you don't really make these mm-hmm. drastic decisions like changing your super to cash and leaving it there for the next five years. I reckon everyone would just be better off if someone else chose for them, like honestly, um, in their super because there was a lot of people moving to cash and it was mm. absolutely disastrous. Oh, it was disastrous. scary. It was, I think we said it at the time, what a crazy idea that would have been. Mm. Like where did you get that advice? Like who? how did you come up with that? Mm. Um, I don't know. I think one oh. person says it and the next person tells yeah, they, someone read else. It online, and you go on like, Reddit or you go on a yeah, Facebook community. A lot of people were like, like I've got to protect f- my super. It's going to be decimated. And then people were sharing oh that idea. Gosh. Yeah, um, um, and then yeah, most of them will forget to turn it back on to any type of investment. They're just going to be in cash for years, which is really scary. And the other one that's sad is that people there's this surge towards investing right now. Mm. A lot of people don't know what they're doing. They just jump in the gun, yeah. thinking that it's like a elixir or some sort of cure for their wealth. You know, mm. they need this. Then they're going to get knocked around. Um, they're going to lose a lot of money. They're going to walk away with their tail mm. between their legs, and they're never going to come back. Yeah. And that's what we see all the time. Like I speak to these, particularly people that have a bit more experience. So that's another way, way of saying a bit older. Yeah. They say, to you, oh, no, the share market's gambling. Yeah. Like, is it? Do you know much, if anything, about it? Or have yeah. you just had an experience that was gambling. negative? Yeah, oh, you can definitely make gambling. It's just yeah. what we're seeing at the moment. <laughs> but those are the people that then never come back to it. Mm. And they miss out on the rest of their life of compounding their wealth. Yeah. And that's sad. Last one. Will... More people want to be financially secure. And I, I think that's, I think that will happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope it does happen. And I hope more people want to focus on having an emergency plan and having a, a plan of attack if things happen in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's going to change the FIRE movement, um, the financial independence retire yep. early movement. It's going to be very interesting to see whether people's plans were able to cope with what's happened this year. I, I think I've got to do a bit more research into that. And yeah. we, we could dive into You're it in a future fire. episode. But, um, poking the bear with that one, We'll Kate. see if we can get You're some Aussie, of... Aussie fired, fired up people on the podcast and uh, yeah, sweet. see how they they went during, yeah. uh, during the last few months and whether their plan was resilient enough to deal with everything. Yep. Okay, Kate, there's a few more things on here, but I'm going to go quick fire. Yeah. Right, I'm going to ask you a question and then you just go like, yes, no, quick okay. explanations, right? Okay. So it's about the importance of having a financial plan. Should you still have a financial plan? Yes. Okay. What is your financial emergency plan? My financial plan? Um, having an emergency fund, sort of growing that for maybe two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll see what feels right for me. I haven't quite worked that out. Mm-hmm. Um, and just sort of working out different income streams and different backup plans uh, career-wise and how I can sort of change and adapt to this new world. Okay. If you don't make a financial plan now, will you regret it? Yes. Okay. Last one. Do all financial goals need to be big goals? No. No, I think that's definitely something you don't need to worry about. You can have smaller goals. And I think at the moment that's even more important. Just set yourself a goal for the next month of how much you want to save or something you want to learn or something you want to sort out. You want to sort out your super, you want to get your taxes done. Just set yourself small measurable goals. Um, especially at the moment, it might be way too overwhelming to have a 10-year plan. Just just do it a month at a time. And then once you get out of this period, uh, start to think about, well, what could the next year look like? And then go from there. Inspiring. <laughs> no, that's great, Kate. We try. We try we to try. say something worth listening to each episode. Yeah, if you've come through this 33 minutes of listening, yeah. um, 
well done to you because it's a really like we were a bit more relaxed with this episode but it's mm. really important just to reflect on this um and there's plenty for you to do you can head to howtomoney.online yep. there's heaps of content there kate's other podcast how to money like look it up it's in <laughs> itunes um you can head to rask education you can take one of the free courses um and you can find me on rask.com.au you're also on uh instagram and twitter at howtomoneyaus and Our goal for you this week is just to set one small financial goal for the next month, whether it be something you learn, something you sort out, something you save, set one measurable goal. And if you achieve it, let us know. If you don't, let us know. We'd be keen to hear. Absolutely. Um, Okay. On behalf of Kate and I, thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Kate, always thanks for joining me. Thanks for listening. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey, but not sure where to put your hard earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no-obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.